This morning, I want to focus on the gospel from the liturgy of palms that we used at the very beginning of the service that describes Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem and the crowds greeting him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. I can never hear this reading now with having a vivid recollection of one of our parish trips to visit Malawi, Africa, in the town of Salima, where our sister parish is and where Father Francis, who many of you know, who has preached here a few times, has his uh, agape farm and goats for girls program. We were visiting, and on the very last day as we were leaving St. John's Salima, we got in our car to drive off the church property and the people started singing to us. And then many of the women in Malawi and in parts of Africa wear a special cloth that goes over their clothes called a chitinji. And it can be used uh, in ceremonial ways or a sign of respect. We started taking their chitinjis off and laying them in front of our car while they were singing. And as we drive over them, they'd run to the back of the car and pick them up, and they kept making this uh, roadway out of their cloths while they were singing to us. And suddenly I was transported to Palm Sunday and something of what it must have been like to have a crowd singing and chanting. And, but happening from people who live in often extreme poverty, and it was so humbling to uh, be honored and respected in that way. It was truly profound. And I remember that every time I hear this gospel. So I want to give a little context for this passage we heard for the palm, Liturgy of the Palms and the triumphant em entry into Jerusalem. And invite you to reflect on some questions as we have heard this passage over a year into the pandemic. Jesus is entering Jerusalem at the festival of Passover. Passover is a celebration of the religious and political liberation of the people in the Exodus. And Passover refers to the angel of death passing over the houses of the Israelites during one of the plagues God sent in Egypt. It is still, of course, celebrated. Our Jewish brothers and sisters began their celebration of Passover last night. And it's common for people to make pilgrimage into Jerusalem at the Passover. So Jesus is entering Jerusalem at this time of a great religious festival. And he's entering the city of Jerusalem that was made the religious and political capital of the people by King David but which in Jesus' time is under Roman rule. And the people are looking for a Messiah from the line of David, one who would restore the kingdom of David, one who would bring the kingdom of God to the land and to the people. The people are shouting, Hosanna, which is a word of jubilation and praise. But also in Hebrew scripture, it is a word that can mean 
save, I pray. So the people are jubilant as they welcome Jesus, who they believe is the Messiah. And they're also saying, save us. They are an occupied people, and the people with Jesus are the workers, the laborers out in the fields. So this joyful parade is also a sort of protest march. Jesus is the Lord who will liberate the people. But what a strange parade for the Messiah, for the King of kings and Lord of lords. Depending on which gospel you're using, Jesus enters the city on a colt or a donkey that has never been ridden. Not the steed that a king would ride into the city in triumph. Jesus goes to the temple, which is the center of religious, political, and economic life for the Jewish people. And clearly the expectation of the crowd is that he will be their new king. And he goes to the center of their life in the temple. But Jesus does not occupy it. He does not stand at the temple and proclaim a new kingdom. The gospel says he walks in, he looks around at everything, saw that it was getting late, and decided to go back to Bethany with his disciples. Bethany is about two miles outside of Jerusalem. The whole scene is very anticlimactic. The crowd must have been like, that's it? That's it? Like, we praise you into the city, and then you turn around and leave? It's... It's a triumphant entry with no triumph, at least not an apparent one. And in some ways, this whole gospel hangs on this moment where Jesus does not do what the people hope and expect him to do. The Jesus that the crowds get is not the Jesus that they want. Indeed, the very crowd that was shouting Hosanna on this Palm Sunday is the same crowd that is shouting crucify him on Good Friday, as we heard in the Passion Gospel led by our youth. It's important on this Palm Sunday, sometimes called Passion Sunday, which is an ancient, dates back, the celebration dates back to the fourth century that we see ourselves as the crowd. Both the crowd shouting Hosanna and the crowd shouting crucify him. Part of that is because there's a terrible history of anti-Semitism that stems from the passion narrative and a notion that has been promulgated in Christian history that the Jews killed Jesus. And it can be easy for us as Christians to think, oh, we're the ones that were proclaiming Hosanna on Palm Sunday, and it was the Jews proclaiming good, crucify him on Good Friday. But it's all of us. 
This day calls us to remember the ways in which we praise Jesus with Hosanna, the ways in which we call out to Jesus to save us, but also the ways we deny Jesus, the way each of us says, crucify him, when Jesus does not represent what we want, when he is not who we want him to be. Which leads me to the first question that I want to invite you to consider. How do you experience who Jesus is in the Gospels and in the teachings of the church versus who you want him to be? Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the church has turned Jesus into who we want him to be and doesn't always square up with the Gospels. But how do you experience that tension between who you want Jesus to be and the Jesus we encounter today? Jesus doesn't enter the city and sit on a throne as the new king. Jesus' throne is the cross. That is not what we expect and maybe not what we wanted, certainly not what the crowd wanted. Looking at Jesus in this passage invites us to ask some some personal questions, I think, of ourselves, especially in these strange times over a year into the pandemic. The crowd goes from Hosanna to crucify him when Jesus does not meet their expectations. How do you respond when your expectations are not met? especially when they are not met by another person. Someone doesn't live up to your expectations of them. Do you reject that person as we sometimes reject Jesus? Do you revisit your expectations? Do you ask if they were fair? Maybe they are but maybe they're not. But Jesus in this passage invites us to think about how we respond to expectations, especially around God. When God acts, when God is present, but maybe not in the way that we want. Now, we are a year into nothing going how we expected it to. Nothing. I don't think any of us thought we'd still be sitting here over a year later into this pandemic, still doing church over a camera with no one else in the church. How has this year changed you? How has it changed your faith? The thing that's so apparent in this passage and throughout the gospel is the way in which Jesus is deeply authentic and also vulnerable. Jesus always presents us 
with who he is, not with who we want him to be. Jesus is our Messiah, but maybe not the Messiah we want. It's a reminder for each of us to think about how do you present yourself in the world? Now, there isn't a lot of presenting in the world right now except for mediums like this. But I often think about how I or my children present themselves on social media. Many of us have carefully curated personas that we present to the world. Either being who we think we want to be or trying to present ourselves as who we think other people want us to be. So what does Jesus teach you about being who you truly are rather than who people want you to be? Or what does Jesus in this passage just being himself, right? Like he heads back to Bethany with the disciples. He doesn't strive to live up to expectations. He's the Messiah that he is. We can ponder our expectations of ourselves and how real they are or how we struggle with people's expectations of us. There's a great spiritual writer who wrote about this moment of revelation in her life when she realized that God the Father expected less of her than her human father and how liberating that was and how she had conflated them and always felt she couldn't live up to God's expectations but realized God's expectation was simply love and relationship so how what does Jesus teach you about being who you truly are Remember that Jesus died to set you free. Free to be who God created you to be. When we look at Jesus in this passage, when we look at Jesus in the Gospels, regardless of what each of us want, Jesus always always shows us what we truly need.